It's so frustrating when you feel like you're doing the right things and you still have no energy and can't lose weight. What's the deal? Last week, I introduced you to the concept of blood sugar management and why it's important for everyone, not just diabetics. If you wanna lose weight, balance your hormones, banish those sugar cravings, you need to pay attention to your blood sugar. This week, we are continuing that conversation and going even deeper to discuss the role of insulin, insulin sensitivity, and how to turn around insulin resistance. If you've been curious about continuous glucose monitoring, if you've heard all the rage and you're curious about that, my special guests and I chat about that as well. So grab a nice cold glass of water, listen in and be empowered, my friend. That's what's happening today on the Healthy Harmony Podcast. Welcome to the Healthy Harmony Podcast. I'm Jennifer Pickett, dietitian turned functional medicine health coach. I help spiraling moms overcome the overwhelm through functional wellness coaching for the body, mind, and soul so they can transform their health and live a deeply fulfilled life of freedom and harmony. Let's get real. When it comes to your health, you know what to do. I strongly believe that to make the shift from knowing to doing You must apply mindfulness, listen to your body, address what's really driving that behavior, be intentional, and finally, practice some self-compassion. The last 24 years of experience have taught me that the absolute last thing a woman needs is a lecture about self-care and another unrealistic diet plan. I recognize the importance of compassionate and intentional health practices. So you can feel good, because guess what? When you feel good, you are more likely to make better decisions for your health. If you're ready to take control of your complete health, address the obstacles standing in your way, and live a life of freedom and harmony, you, my friend, are in the right place. Don't forget, on the Facebook group page, we're in the middle of a Breakup with Sugar series. You know he's no good for you. Join us, girls only. You can find that link at bit.ly forward slash FM Women's Wellness. We'll see you on the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. Cherie Bontaline has always been interested in preventive health and the strong influence that diet can have on a person's well-being. After receiving her master's degree at the University of Utah in integrative physiology and nutrition, Cherie became a registered dietitian. Throughout her career, she has worked with people of all ages and in various metabolic states. She loves working with individuals to help them reach their personal health goals and health potential. She strongly believes in treating each person as an individual and providing personalized insights. Cherie has a strong interest in functional and integrative nutrition. Her philosophy is based on providing nutrition education to help individuals reach their health goals and equip them with the needed knowledge moving forward. She emphasizes the importance of exploration and using your own body 
symptoms, energy, mood, labs, continuous glucose monitoring data to find out what your personal optimal is. Let's welcome dietitian Cherie Bontelon. I am so excited to be joined by a guest today. Her name is Cherie Bontelon, and she is a dietitian and a very sharp one at that. I have to tell you something real quick. Cherie, first of all, thank you for joining us. It's very early where you are. So what, tell us what time it is. Yes. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, but I live in Hawaii, so I it is actually 530 a.m. here for me. Um, so yeah, a little bit early, but not a problem. I'm happy to be here. You are so kind to join us and do that so early in the morning. There is a little bit of jealousy that stirs up when I hear you, when I hear that you're from Hawaii. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There's just a little bit of, of envy there. <laughs> you know, I, I get that a lot. And it's, um, you know, it is a beautiful place. It, it's a beautiful place to be. So I have no complaints and I, I can't, I can't say anything negative. So <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, let's get started. You know, last week I introduced this concept of blood sugar and managing your blood sugar to our listeners. And, you know, for a lot of people, when they when I say the word blood sugar, uh, they're thinking, okay, that's just for diabetics. It's not for me. So we started this conversation last week. We're going to continue it today. But I want us to start off by give us just a little bit of your background and why you're passionate about helping others get healthy. Yes, absolutely. This is a fantastic question and something that comes up very, very often. So um, just a little bit of background about myself. Um, I chose to be a dietitian because I was always very interested in preventative health. Um, this is what led me to be a dietitian. Uh, everyone eats and whether we like it or not, you know, food is an extremely powerful tool that can influence your health towards a disease state or towards longevity. And uh, it's, it's been such a wonderful journey to learn more about that and just uh, re-emphasize to others how important lifestyle, diet, exercise, and all of these other factors are uh, for your health. In terms of glucose, it's actually a pretty interesting story. So I, like most dietitians, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I started off in a clinical setting. Um, I, I wasn't finding that fulfillment that I wanted. And so I, I went to a broader scope. I wanted to start writing nutrition articles to provide accurate nutrition information for many people. Um, and then from there, I was actually doing an article about CGMs and I stumbled across NutriSense and I was absolutely intrigued. I loved it so much. I thought um, the idea of having personal feedback uh, to tell you what works best for you um, was absolutely amazing and what we need. I think everyone can agree that how our current health system is right now, it's not working, right? We need, people are getting sicker. We, people are on more medications. We need to change something. And I really felt passionate about this. Uh, I I personally, you know, as I'm a, I'm a mom as well. I have two little ones. I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. And um, uh, you, everyone, you know, people can, I think there's a lot of people out here listening that can attest to how busy that can be and how tiring yes. and exhausting it can be. And so, um, you know, I often struggle with um, 
with exhaustion, just pure exhaustion, no matter what. And let me tell you, when I started wearing the CGM, it was so enlightening. Um, It was absolutely wonderful to gain all this insight on how, uh, why glucose is so important for metabolic health and understanding why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So important. Um, Let me interrupt real quick. You use the term CGM. So I want to make sure our listeners understand what that is. CGM stands for Continuous Glucose Monitor. So that's my next question for you that I would love for you to explain to our listeners. What is a continuous glucose monitor? Who needs it? And how can that be helpful? Yes, absolutely. So a CGM, as you mentioned, stands for Continuous Glucose Monitor. It does exactly what it says. It monitors your glucose continuously. So um, I think a lot of people are familiar with maybe a glucometer or a glucose meter where you can prick your finger and it gives you um, a snapshot. It tells you what your glucose level looks like in that moment. Uh, With the CGM, no more of that. You don't need to prick your finger. It's just a small device you place on the back of your arm. It's painless. And uh, you can see how your glucose fluctuates. Um, it's glucose. There's a lot of things that can impact glucose. But the four main pillars I always like to say is diet, exercise, sleep, and stress. And uh, when you monitor that continuously, you can see this really nice. You can pick out trends and you can see what is impacting your glucose. It's just so very helpful. So I shared with our listeners last week that I've started wearing a continuous glucose monitor, and I'm using the one um, from NutriSense, and uh, uh, Cherie works for them. And it's just been very fascinating. So I've always had a feeling like, okay, there's something there. Now, uh, with my blood sugar. Now, there was not anything obvious. When I've gotten blood work done, there was nothing that really stood out, but just Uh, becoming more self-aware, using mindfulness. I was like, you know what? There's some things that I'm missing here and I want that data because I'm a little bit of a dork. I like the data. (laughs) And two, I think this is such an important area because as we look at continuous glucose monitoring or any type of blood sugar um, measurement, we're really uh, playing into that bio-individuality. How does our body work. And the more we can be in tune with our body, the better able we are to come up with very specific plans for our health. And I think it's all about strategy. So um, what would you say is the most important thing that a mom needs to know when it comes to blood sugar management? Oh boy. Um, I feel like I can go off on so many different That's tangents. a big question. It's a big one. It's an, and it's such a good one. Um, I, I think, you know, thinking about a, a, a busy mom, right? I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we come second and we can maybe, you know, everyone else comes first, the kids come first, the, the family comes first, schedule, you know, everyone else's schedules come first. Um, and that's, and that's very normal. Um, I think a lot of, uh, the people, the moms specifically that I work with, um, a lot of them struggle with, uh, eating well-balanced meals. And so, um, I find that a lot of them are grazing throughout the day because that's all they have time for. And it's, it's understandable. I totally get it. Uh, but that grazing actually keeps our body in a fed state. And, um, you may be wondering, well, why is that wrong? I mean, I shouldn't say wrong, but why is that, why can that eventually be, um, you know, have negative impacts on our health. Well, the reason is because if we're always in a fed state, our body is always working. It's never having that break. 
And so insulin levels, um, every time we eat, insulin will be secreted. And so insulin levels will always be high. And um, that's when we can get into trouble. We want insulin, uh, we can go over what insulin is. It's a hormone um, and it's specifically an anabolic hormone, meaning it likes to store things. Uh, so it, that's why it's so important because it's, it helps metabolize uh, a lot of the foods that we eat. It controls the glucose in our bloodstream. We want the glucose um, to be used for energy. Uh, however, if we have too meant too much glucose, um, excuse me, insulin, that's where we get into problems, and that's where uh, we can have eventually down the road it can lead to a, a metabolic disorder. So, so I mean, so true. And I think there's just things that we've really underestimated because I think in the past when someone has heard blood sugar, we just think of diabetics, and that's yeah. it. And it can give us so much information. And I'm so glad that you brought something up because I think as moms, you're, you're right. We are not, we're not really in tune with our bodies. We're not taking great care of ourselves. And it's not necessarily intentional that I'm going to, you know, abuse my health. I think it's more so that we're so focused on taking care of everyone else. And I'm really glad you introduced that concept of like, okay, we're constantly in that fed state. We're grazing throughout the day. And I know in the past I was taught, now I've been, a, I've been in, you know, a dietitian. Now I'm a functional medicine health coach, but I've been in this field for 25 years now. So I was originally taught three square meals and three snacks a day, which now we know is ridiculous. <laughs> we don't need all those meals and snacks. And it's good to have those breaks where your body is not busy digesting breaking down and absorbing food. So um, I'm, I'm glad you introduced that concept of fed state. And then also um, the concept of insulin, because we can't talk about blood sugar without talking about insulin, because it's such an important key role. So um, what do we need to know, most importantly, about insulin? And then this term called insulin sensitivity, what does that mean? And why is that so important? Yes. So uh, as I mentioned, insulin is really important. Uh, it's a very important hormone. It's We're not saying here that we don't want it at all, because if we didn't have it, we would um, that would actually be considered type 1 diabetics, right? That's what type 1 diabetics struggle with. They don't have um, enough insulin for their body to utilize the incoming energy. So we want insulin. Uh, we just want the right amount. So um, as I mentioned, uh, insulin is a hormone produced by your pancreas and it controls the amount of glucose in your bloodstream. And um, it, it's, it's, we want to be insulin sensitive. What that means is that when you are eating, so in a normal healthy metabolic, metab in a normal healthy metabolism, what happens is when we eat carbs, when we eat a meal, glucose increases. That's a bit, that's normal. Then insulin is secreted again, normal, and glucose. Then uh, the body says, "Oh, okay, so I need to uptake that glucose, and it's taken up by the muscle." And liver, what happens is liver gluconeogenesis, which is um, basically what, what it means is that the liver uh, stops it stops producing glucose, and then about 80 to 90% of all that glucose you just consumed is stored as glycogen. That's what happens in a normal metabolism. We want that. In an abnormal metabolism, what happens is we eat carbs, glucose increases, 
insulin is secreted. However, because we are not insulin sensitive, less glucose is taken up by the muscle. There's increased uh, glucose in circulation. Unfortunately, the liver is not suppressing gluconeogenesis. So it keeps making, pumping up that sugar, that glucose, and then even more insulin is secreted. So what happens is the body, in an, in, if you're not insulin sensitive, the body recognizes that there's still glucose hanging out in the blood. And so it's saying to itself, well, we need to get that into the cell. So it pumps out more insulin. So it just becomes like this vicious cycle because you know, there's glucose in the blood, more insulin is secreted, there's still not, there's still glucose hanging out in the blood. And so even more insulin is secreted. It's just crazy. I mean, what what happens in that disastrous cycle, and we feel it. So, you know, for those who are listening, if you're thinking, okay, I'm not like, I'm still don't get it. I don't know that this applies to me when we say normal versus abnormal metabolism. Let me put that real clear. That means that you're not able to lose the weight that you want to lose. You're not able to have the energy to get through your day. You don't feel good. So just to point out some signs of insulin resistance, some symptoms of that. Um, Number one would be high blood sugar levels. So you're not going to know your blood sugar levels are high unless you test it, okay? So uh, that would be a finger prick. It would be a continuous blood glucose monitor. Um, You can also get an indication of your blood glucose over three months uh, by having your blood tested for hemoglobin A1C. That's your blood sugar over three months or 90 days. Uh, So number one is high blood sugar level. Another sign or symptom of insulin resistance is fatigue or sleepiness, especially after meals. Number three is just having that brain fog and inability to focus. Number four is weight gain, fat storage, difficulty losing weight. And I think I just got everybody's attention right there with just, you know, one through four. And then also it's high blood pressure and it's increased cravings. So that's why this conversation is so important. If you find that your sugar cravings are out of control, your blood pressure is high, you cannot lose weight no matter what you do. You've got brain fog, you're you're irritable, you're tired, you're sleepy, you have no energy. Um, something's going on with your body. And so in all likelihood, that is insulin resistance, meaning that even if you're eating good, guess what? Like you're not going to be able to release the weight. You're not going to be able to feel good. So it's so important that we turn that around. So let's talk about how we turn around insulin resistance. How can we how can we improve our body's sensitivity to um, to insulin? Absolutely. And this is probably my favorite question because I love the intervention portion. And I do want to reiterate that you are absolutely right. If you are having if you are insulin resistant, it is very difficult to lose weight. So, um, and you just don't feel good overall. So these next tips, um, will be extremely helpful. I want to, you don't need a bunch of equipment to start implementing this. It's really easy things that you can do that we probably aren't even aware that we're doing. So the first one that I want to say, um, if you have to pick one, I would start with this one and it would be just to reduce any processed and simple carbohydrates. Number one, that's probably the number one thing you can do. And then on top of that, I would add another one and it would be don't eat too frequently. I mentioned grazing. It's very common. Um, we we want to avoid grazing and have and having those breaks between the meals. Uh, for many, it, you know, de- 
insulin resistance is a spectrum, meaning, you know, you don't wake up one day all of a sudden with full-blown insulin resistance. Um, it, it takes years, sometimes decades to progress and to develop. So uh, keep in mind that it, it does take time and effort to reverse it. But the thing is, it can be reversed. Don't, don't let anyone tell you that it cannot be. So depending on where you are on that spectrum, um, I always like to say a modified carb diet will likely be the best call for you. Um, I, I like to personally have people test out their their threshold, their carb threshold. Um, so that way it can be a sustainable diet for a long term. It works well for many. Some people like to go full, full low carb. Um, it just depends on your preference. Uh, fasting is another really effective tool. Um, in general, many people tolerate about 14 hours fast a day. Uh, but like I said, some people feel best um, with longer fasts. Some people like to do extended fasts. It's all about finding what works best for you. And the number one way to increase insulin sensitivity is actually with exercise. So strength training specifically increases insulin sensitivity. Uh, and it's actually through an, um, a different mechanism that's not related to insulin. So uh, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. We can dive into that if, if you wish, or maybe another podcast. But um, you really want to be making sure that you are doing those strength training exercises. Uh, both structured exercise and daily movement is equally important. So uh, don't, okay. you know, we want to be less, we don't want to be sedentary. You know, if you're working at a, at a nine to five desk job, you know, set a timer every hour, you know, sit up, get up, but you work, walk, walk for five minutes, maybe do a quick set of push-ups or lunges or something and really aim for those 10,000 steps a day. Um, Obviously, focusing on whole foods and and making sure that's as close to their natural state as possible is best. Um, but yeah, those are the tips. And I, if I had to add two more, I know there was a lot. Um, no, go ahead. But Great the, stuff. But the adequate, making sure you get adequate sleep. I know moms, it's hard. It's difficult to get that adequate sleep, but do not underestimate the role that sleep and stress has on all of this. So... Yes, a lot of tips, but all things that can be done, no equipment necessary, nothing, you, know, you don't go out and buy a whole new system of anything, you can start it right now. I love it. I love it. Now, you mentioned at the end, you might have two more and you said sleep. Were you going to mention stress in there? What role does stress play on our um, on our blood sugar and our insulin resistance and just our overall levels of inflammation in the body? Yeah, that's a really great question. So stress, I think, is it's probably the most surprising factor that uh, impacts glucose that people are not aware of. I think a lot of people expect diet and exercise to impact glucose, but not stress. And I will tell you that the stress impact is huge. It's very profound. Um, and so what happens when we are stressed is uh, the main stress hormone is cortisol. And, um, that's a very normal thing to be uh, secreted when we are stressed. If you think about, um, you know, back in when we were living in different times, uh, if we were being chased by a lion, we would need cortisol to be released. It helps um, 
it helps. We need that extra burst of energy. So it helps us you know, run away from the lion. But our stressors aren't the same today. We're not really running away from lions anymore. And so our, but our, however, our body systems, how we deal with stress is all, is still the same. So anytime we have stress, whether it's mental, emotional, intellectual, um, our body perceives stress in the exact same way. And so cortisol is released and cortisol increases glucose levels. And so if there is a, if cortisol is constantly high, uh, we refer to that as hypercortisolemia, that can disrupt glucose dysregulation as well. So it's all very important. Like if you feel like you're very stressed um, and, or maybe if you don't even, you know, you're doing everything else in the bucket, in the bucket, in the stream of things of weight loss, and you still feel like you can't lose weight. That's another area that I would highly recommend diving deeper into and making sure that stress is managed well, because it does have a huge impact. It's just crazy how these lifestyle interventions, which look so very like almost like simple standard, like, is it going to make that big of a difference? It really does on turning everything around. Um, And there's just some things that we've really underestimated in the past that is really not discussed as much. And I think when it comes to to this specifically, it's sleep and stress. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is when I can help a woman feel better by addressing sleep and stress first, managing stress, getting some good quality sleep, when she feels better, she's more likely to make good choices, healthier choices. And so that's what I've seen over and over with my clients. I'm looking for those quick wins. How can I get somebody feeling good? And honestly, it, we just find it easier to provide care when we feel better ourselves. Uh, so it never works when we just completely abandon our health and we put ourselves to the side. We have to pay attention to some of these things. And you're right. None of the, everything you listed is easy to implement. And these are things that are applicable to every single person listening. Every single person. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to review those real quick for you guys. The tips to turn around insulin resistance and manage your blood sugar. Number one, reduce processed and simple carbs. Number two, don't eat too frequently. Number three, consider fasting. Uh, Number four, exercise, especially strength training. Just be aware of that sedentary lifestyle. Get up and move every single hour. Number five, focus on whole foods. Number six, get adequate sleep, good quality sleep, and number seven, manage stress. And I always say that little caveat, we're not saying reduce stress, that's close to impossible, just manage the stress coming at you. What can you do to be kind to yourself and manage that stress? Um, So this has been so, so very helpful. I do have one more quick question, uh, and it's a little bit of a deeper dive, but you referenced carb threshold. And I know there's all of this debate about carbohydrates and should I be keto? Should I be low carb? Like, what does that look like? So for most of us women, describe what you mean by carb threshold and how we can kind of test that out with ourselves. Absolutely. Um, So when I mean by carb threshold, you know, every nutrition is so unique and individual. You talked about bio-individuality where one person will respond very differently from another person to the same carb. If you eat a banana, two different people will respond very differently. And so when I say carb threshold, I'm, I'm talking about finding what personal amount works best for you and your diet. 
And uh, there's many ways to test this. If you're wearing a CGM, it's a little bit easier because you can see those trends and how it um, impacts your glucose uh, readily. Um, if, but if you do not have one, another way would be to test um, through a finger prick. And that would be, um, you would test your your glucose before you you eat um, and you can test it. Some people test it maybe 30 minutes after as that's when typically people see the highest peak in their glucose and then they can test it two hours post-meal. It's a lot of finger pricking, so not a lot of people like to do that. Another way is to just pay attention to your subjective feelings. Uh, you mentioned if you're feeling tired, you have brain fog, you have low energy, you know, try to think about the, the foods that you're eating. If you just had a really high carb meal and you feel like you just completely crashed after that, that is a that is a sign that that car the carb load for that meal was probably too much and so just thinking about that another a way to kind of implement that is you make a note of it and say okay so for the next meal i'll have a similar meal content but decrease it by 25 percent the carbs just decrease the carbs by 25 percent and see how i respond and see how i feel after and if you feel you find that you feel better and you feel like you have more of a clear mind more energy you didn't experience that crash that is a sign another sign that you're headed in the right right direction it does take some experimentation but finding the right amount that works for you so you're feeling your best it'll i promise you it is definitely worth it so worth it and i'm so glad you you referenced that there's just no one size fits all and we have to be in tune with our bodies and be self-aware and so even just that practice of mindfulness hey i ate this and here's how i felt is huge now with me i wanted to take it next level and that's why i wanted to try the uh, continuous glucose monitor just because i, I really thought okay I'm, I'm missing something here i want to know for sure and I, I did try the finger prick a few times but that gets old really really yeah. quick uh, so and of course i'm not diabetic but again i'm trying to figure out my metabolism and what that what is that bio individuality so there's a few things as i've been testing um that i've noticed some things that really surprised me first of all i was surprised at the huge spike uh, when I had white rice. We mm -hmm. had like, it was made at home, but we love Asian food and mm -hmm. we had shrimp fried rice and man, that caused a huge, huge glucose spike. Um, and then one day I was in a fasting state and we were running to a ball game and I had a very healthy version of a trail mix and um, it had nuts and seeds and dried fruit. But that it was a little bit too much dried fruit in there mm -hmm. for me, apparently, because that caused a pretty big spike. So I love that very uh, customized information for me. I'll tell you the other thing that I've loved about NutriSense. Um, yes, I'm experienced. Yes, I have education in this area. But with NutriSense, the first month, you get a dietitian that uh, is your your dietitian, and she looks at your data and she gives you suggestions. And that has been huge for me. It's always very helpful to have someone come alongside you 
and help you figure this out. So that is, I would say, the absolute best thing about NutriSense is getting that that data, but also having that dietitian right there on the app. And by the way, the app is very easy to use. Wouldn't you agree? Like that's an amazingly easy app. It, it is. It's a, we, we love the app. It's very easy to use. It's very uh, readable. Um, and everything that you need is on there. So you can have access to your dietitian, you have access to your data and your values there. So it's all, it's very user-friendly for sure. I've just learned a lot, a lot. And I, and I felt like coming into it, I knew a little bit, but I've learned so much. And I'm just continuing this journey because I know I have a lot more to learn. And um, guess what? I have some insulin resistance going on. Like you said, it can take a while to kind of build up and it's done that. So I'm just seeing some values in my fasting state and I'm like, mm, that's a little bit higher than it needs to be. So I'm trying to turn around that insulin resistance. And I just frankly think it is the secret to help women balance their blood sugar, obviously, but by doing that to manage their weight and balance their hormones uh, and just manage those cravings. So I think this is truly the key. Is there anything else about NutriSense um, and the continuous glucose monitor that you want to make sure that our listeners know? I think the the real value in trying a CGM in general um, and you know NutriSense here because you are, are paired with that RD is just finding what works best for you. Um, we really we really um, emphasize personal experimentation, and it's so important because you know there's so many diets out there, there's so much nutrition information out there, and your listeners are lucky to have you because you have, you know, such a good uh, educational platform for them. Um, but it is difficult sometimes to navigate. And so finding what works best for you, you don't have to guess anymore. And I think that's um, one of the key things uh, with wearing a CGM and being, you know, having that, that, that dietitian relationship as well, is that you can find a lifestyle that works best for you so that you can find your optimal health. And um, it's not about what works for somebody else or what worked um, anecdotally for someone else. It's about what works for best for you. So definitely give it a try if you're interested. Um, we're more than happy to um, have any of your listeners on board. Yes, thank you so much. And you know, I have found, you know, uh, wearing the continuous blood glucose monitor, I also wear the aura ring. Um, and that's helping me with my sleep track my sleep and all the various aspects of sleep. And what I find too, is that it helps me be very intentional. When I'm tracking these things, I'm just a little bit more likely to be a lot more intentional um, about what I'm putting in my mouth, how much sleep I'm getting, how I'm managing my stress, etc. So um, it's, I just think it helps me be very intentional. And you're so right. We've got to take that personalized, customized approach. Um, and when you get help doing that and you're looking at your own personal body, it is so very, very helpful. So guys, um, I have partnered with NutriSense. They are offering a, a discount on your first month. I'm going to put that, that promo code in the show notes. But if you need it, it is Healthy Harmony 25 and uh, I'll make sure that that is everywhere when we uh, advertise this uh, podcast. But Cherie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us your knowledge. And you did that in such a wonderful manner that, that was easy to understand. And that's what I appreciate the most. Oh, thank you for having me. It was, it was my absolute pleasure. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that and learned something new today. 
You know, that's always my goal. I want you to feel empowered after listening to a podcast and feel like, hey, I can do this. I know things are absolutely crazy right now. Just know I'm here for you and we're in this together. Until next week, take it one step at a time. I believe in you, girl.